If hearing foul language makes your butt pucker up so tight that you can't pass a fart, this is 100% not the podcast for you, and you should immediately turn it off and consider some Preparation H. Thank you, and let's get to the show. What is going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got K-Love, you got Stevie P. We are coming at you with another podcast. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, K? What's going on, everybody? All right, so today we're going to get into wide receivers 18 through wide receiver number one uh, based on Fantasy Pros ADPs. Um, So we're going to basically just pick it up where we left off yesterday. So, 18 today is Terry McLaurin. Steve, what do you think about Terry? All right. So, I know I was super high on Terry last year, but if you ask me, I had every reason to be, right? Like, he was getting Ryan Fitzpatrick. We thought this offense was going to be much better than it was, and it just ended up a shitty circumstance. You know what I mean? There's nothing really more you can say other than Fitzpatrick got hurt, and... Tyler Heineke is not a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. That doesn't change the fact that I think Terry McLaurin is one of the best wide receivers in football, right? Like when you when you watch him with your eyeballs on the TV screen, you see how he gets open. You see how he catches the ball. You see the, hey, how he's a deep threat. Like he's everything you want in a receiver because he works every part of the field, right? He's kind of like a T.Y. Hilton plus, right? Back in the day, we would think of T.Y. Hilton, right? And he would just put up crazy numbers with Andrew Luck, and you would want him on your fantasy team every year. I feel that way with Terry McLaurin, except I feel like he works the middle and intermediate parts of the field even better than, you know, a T.Y. Hilton. So, you know, this is a guy that I'm still going to be taking high. You know, obviously, I'm not going to have him in my top 12 just because, I don't know how Carson Wentz is going to be this year, but a guy that I like a lot. Yeah, I I love Scary Terry as a player, and to be honest with you, it does getting Carson actually doesn't worry me too much. I mean, look at what he did last year, right? So he was still wide receiver twenty four on the year last year, even with Taylor Heineke as his quarterback. Um, I think that Carson Wentz is an upgrade for Scary Terry over, you know, Heineke. You know, no, everybody might not feel the greatest about Carson Wentz, but look at Carson Wentz's history over the last three years. He tends to hone in on one target. Zach Ertz set the receptions record for tight ends with Carson Wentz as his quarterback. Last year, he made Michael Pittman the number 13 wide receiver in ADP for going forward for this year. Like, that's what he does. He hone, he will hone in on a receiver when he likes that player. And, you know, to be honest with you, Scary Terry, if he if they develop that kind of rapport, he could get a lot of targets with Carson Wentz because that, that could just be the guy that he hones in on and, and stares down. And, you know, he could turn him into a wide receiver one. I wouldn't draft him that way, obviously. But, you know, if this dude's floor is wide receiver 24 like we saw last year, Getting him at 18 is a bargain because he's almost guaranteed wide receiver two production. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really feel like you need to add anything more to Terry. If anybody watches him play, I, I mean, I just feel like it's super simple to be like, yeah, that dude's really good at football. Yep. All right, number 17 is Mike Williams. So... <sighs> What do you think about a changing of the guard as a wide as wide receiver one in the Sandy or well Los Angeles Charger system? So I think we saw that last year in the beginning of the year because if you remember for the first whatever it was eight games of the season he was like wide receiver one in fantasy or five wide receiver two in fantasy football. Yeah, he was it was it was like the first five games first yeah. five games he was wide receiver two. And then, you know, for basically the second half of the year, you know, it just didn't happen. Um, 
so I kind of contribute that to when he started to descend is when Austin Eckler started to ascend as an a really high scoring RB in fantasy football. And Austin Eckler, I mean, he scored the most points that he ever, you know, had in fantasy football last year. So kind of a career year for him. But I think we saw that last year. Then, you know, he gets hurt in week seven, misses the game, or, well, week six, excuse me, and misses the game week seven, has his bye week, comes back after the bye week, and just wasn't the same production that you were seeing the weeks before. And his targets really did drop down. Uh, You know, he got hurt in week six, but in weeks one through five, basically he was 12 targets, 10 targets, nine targets, 15 targets, you know what I mean? And then he had a two-target game. Uh, uh, in week four, but in week six after the injury, you know, it went from all the targets you just heard to five targets, five targets, five targets, eight targets, seven targets, six targets, nine targets, like, you know, and then he didn't play, you know, again in week 16. And then for some reason in seven week 17, they gave him 17 targets. Um, so I do think that, that Mike Williams, is an ascending player, but that doesn't necessarily coincide with how I feel about, you know, Keenan, Keenan Allen. I still feel like Keenan Allen is, is the possibility of being a top 12 guy. I think both of these guys could be top 12 guys. So I really like Mike Williams. I'm actually taking him higher than this, uh, you know, than wire receiver 17. I have him around 14. Um, but I have Keenan Allen at 13. So they're literally back to back for me. And it's just because Keenan Allen catches the ball so much. Yeah, I have him at 16. I have one spot higher than where he is. Um, uh, number 16 is Deontay Johnson. You know, so for me, Deontay is at the back of this pack. I actually probably have the right. Yeah, I, I have Deontay Johnson behind DK Metcalf, who we talked about yesterday, uh, behind Cortland Sutton, behind Chris Godwin. Um, I think. I think Deontay Johnson, from what I saw from Kenny Pickett, could be actually be very relevant. I was actually surprised to see Kenny Pickett perform the way he did in preseason. But they're still planning on starting Mitch Trubisky. Um, this is a team that probably is going to run the ball more with, you know, a rookie quarterback or, you know, a, a quarterback who is not as experienced as Ben Roethlisberger. Um, they are also probably going to look down the field more because they got a quarterback that can stretch the field a little bit. So Cortland Sutton or uh, not Cortland, Chase Claypool um, is going to see some work. George Pickens seems like he's an, a nice guy that they're going to have in the slot or they're from what they did in the preseason. It looked like they played Claypool in the slot and put Pickens on the outside. Which is, you know, you saw the if you watched their their last preseason game, uh, Claypool had like a 25 yard catch down the field out of the slot. He kind of had like a little fade route out of the slot. So, you know, we'll see how that, you know, how that goes moving forward. But um, the fact that it looks like they're going to spread the ball around, probably run the ball more, and you got quarterbacks that are more mobile might take off rather than, um, you know, be looking to get the ball out quick. Uh, to me, I, I think that drops Deontay down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I agree. I, you know, I actually, yesterday I did not include him in that stat of guys. It was actually four guys who did it. I said it was three. That was my mistake, but he was actually one of the guys who, uh, never finished outside of wide receiver 50. It was, you know, he was literally quite literally either a wide receiver one, two or three for the entire season. You know, obviously he missed week three, obviously he missed week seven, and then he had a bye week in week nine. But other than that, he was a, you know, either wide receiver one, two, or three every single season. So, you know, he's just not going to see the high volume that he saw last year. You know what I mean? You, like, listen to these numbers, dude. Like, it's almost, it's almost kind of crazy when you think of how much this guy was targeted. And the crazy, even crazier part is he never finished outside really wide receiver 39 on the season, right? So he had a two target game and you would think two targets, you know, the dude didn't do much that week. He still got you 20.2 fantasy points on a two target game. That's 
crazy because he had yes, two, he caught two touchdowns. <laughs> dude, he caught he caught a touchdown, two catches, and ninety seven yards. So kind of well, uh, I'm sorry, a sixteen point game, but still, like regardless, it's uh, crazy. You know, what I mean, two catches, two you know, a touch a touchdown with seventy two yards, but tw- ten targets, twelve targets, thirteen, two, thirteen, thirteen, twelve, eleven, fourteen, eleven, eight, five, nine, fifteen, ten, like crazy amount of double digit target games and he's just not going to see that high volume this year so i I completely agree with you that you know he he is descending for me but it's for right now it's the quarterback situation and i do think pittsburgh is going to stick with uh mitch trubisky for uh, it might be all season if they're winning games because i think this pittsburgh team is actually very good around mitch trubisky they still have the biggest problem. The, their biggest problem is still the same thing it has been for the last couple of years, is that their line is terrible. So that could be that could be the reason why they struggle. Period. Yep. Uh, so we are moving up to number fifteen. Number fifteen in ADP is DJ Moore. I have DJ Moore way higher than this. Me too. Um, I, I, I want to know where you have him because I, I have him way higher than this. I was say I have DJ Moore, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. I have DJ Moore number ten, so way higher than this. Um, to me, like the guy is just super super consistent. Um, Baker Mayfield is probably going to throw more touches than or throw more touchdowns than what previous quarterbacks for Carolina have done. And that should bring that touchdown number up for DJ Moore, which has been his biggest problem in the past, you know, since basically the, his whole time in the league. So for me, you know, getting the kind of upgrade, and I know everybody's, you know, thinks Baker is, you know, whatever, you know, he he's Baker Mayfield. And a lot of people look down on him, but Baker the last couple of years has been pretty good when healthy. Like last year in the first game of the season, he was on fire and, you know, he got hurt and everything kind of went downhill after that. The previous year, he was very good. He was very solid for both Odell and for Jarvis Landry. And, you know, you go to Carolina, it doesn't seem like Robbie Anderson is has his head in the season at all. It's, you know, he's fallen. He seems like he's fallen out of favor. I think they were saying he could lose volume. Oops. I think they were saying he could lose volume to, uh, I think, Rashard Higgins. So, you know, a guy coming from Cleveland that has a, his, a rapport with uh, with Baker. You know, you've got Terrence Marshall. I don't know how he's going to figure in. But these guys, you know, compared to what D.J. Moore is, you know, the only thing holding D.J. Moore back would be a healthy Christian McCaffrey that would take away targets. And I just think there's room for both of these guys to eat. Yeah, I you know, I'm way – I'm like I'm really high on D.J. Moore. I have him as my wide receiver eight. Like I just, you know what the, and like Kev said, the issue that he has had is that he doesn't score touchdowns, right? Like literally that's it. Like you can't, there's literally nothing else you can say about DJ Moore that would make you nervous to draft him or, or, you know, make you think that he's not going to be a good wide receiver because he just, he just puts up such good numbers every year. And he's basically 25% of that team's targets. If you looked at the years, you know, the two years that CMC was the number one running back, back back-to-back years, right? He and DJ Moore were like 50%, you know, it was like 58% of the total team targets on this team. That's crazy for a duo in the NFL. It just shows you how good these guys are. And if you talk to players in the NFL and you listen to what they have to say about DJ Moore, they fear him. Like, defenders fear this dude. They're like, that dude can ball. Like, he is a dog. So, you know, plain and simple, DJ Moore is a fantastic wide receiver that I'm trying to get on my fantasy team this year because the one thing that he's lacked is something that Baker has brought to this team because as bad as Baker is, Baker throws touchdowns. So, so, you know, Baker doesn't put up the huge, uh, you know, yardage numbers, but Baker is always basically, you know, almost 30 touchdowns every year. And that's not something DJ Moore has had basically ever. Yep. 
So next up, we have Jalen Waddle at number 14. Uh, Jalen Waddle is probably going to be right ahead of Deontay Johnson, right around that similar area for me. Um, I just think Tyreek Hill is that good. And watching video, watching you know their preseason and what, what Tyreek is doing out there, like he's turning he he burned Darius Slay uh in their training camp like workouts the other day. Um he turned he was turning Bucks cornerbacks around. Like I just think Tyreek Hill is that good. And when you have a wide receiver that, that that's that good, it's gonna make it hard for the second wide receiver to see the production that's gonna bring him up to wide receiver fourteen. Last year he was their best target. He was getting fed at the you know second half of the season i mean just fed there was double digit target games all over the place in his stat line um that's just not going to be the case this year when you have a player like tyree kill on your team um i do think they're going to throw a lot because to be honest i don't know what their running game situation is going to be you got edmonds you got moster you got gaskin you got sony michelle you got players just all over the place in that backfield um but i don't I don't know how good it's going to be. I know they got the system coming over from San Francisco as well. The the zone run scheme, which has been, which always seems to do players well. So it could work out well. However, I just think that this team is really looking to see what they have in Tua. And they need to know if they need a quarterback next year. And they're going to find out this year. But that being the case with a player like Tyreek Hill, I think it's going to be hard for Jalen Waddell to, you know, get into the the 14 range i I have Jalen waddle at 18 yeah i actually have him even lower than that i actually have him like wide receiver 23 um but it's for, for what you just said i i just don't think that you bring in a wide receiver that you're paying over 30 million dollars a year to in tyree kill and give Jalen waddle huge target load like i like and i know other people or other podcasts are saying you know jalen waddle could lead this team in targets and i just don't believe that at all i mean i think i think tua is not a guy that throws the ball deep a whole lot so they did not bring tyreek over planning on using him as the deep threat because guess what jalen waddle waddle ran a, a 4 3 7 40 so it's not like he can't be a deep threat and in college he showed you he was one of the best deep threats in college football so it's not like Jalen couldn't do those things it's they didn't use Jalen that way and they're not going to use Tyreek that way either you know I mean like this this team is a a dinking dunk team because that's what their quarterback is right so I don't see Jalen Waddle finishing last year he missed two games had a you know and with his bye we hit 138 targets in my opinion that goes down because as much as they're saying Mike Kosecki's not going to be getting targets, and like you said, Chase Edmonds is here now, and you know they do have other, you know, Cedric Wilson, so they have other wide receivers threats on this team that they are, you know, right, receiving threats on this team that they did not have last year, you know, and I don't think this team throws the ball a shit ton more than it did last year. I just don't see how, you know, if Jalen Waddle is a hundred and twenty target guy. And not the main target getter on his team, you know, getting 13, 13, 10 targets, 10 targets, 10 targets, 11 targets, 12 targets. Like, if he's not getting those target volume games and it's more like a six to eight targets every single week, I just doesn't see – I don't see how he produces, you know, as a top 20 wide receiver. Yeah, from week nine – to week 18 he had four games with double digit targets he had nine in week 11 so you know over the season he had 140 targets i mean that's definitely going to go down and the further that goes down the further he's going to drop in in fantasy ranks yep number 13 is michael pittman michael pittman is another guy that i love this year um we talked a little bit of, with you know Scary Terry about having Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz honing in on one target. Guess what? Matt Ryan hones in on one target as well. <laughs> we saw it. We've saw it for years with Julio Jones. Um, we don't know what else this team has with, as far as receivers. You know, Paris Campbell has struggled to stay healthy. Um, Alec Pierce uh, being on the outside as a rookie. It seems like he's going to get the start. Um, 
We hear that they're going to use Naeem Hines a little bit more in the passing game, so maybe that takes targets away from them. Um, you know, but then again, you hear that they want to throw the ball more. Frank Reich's out here saying that you know, you don't win games as a as a power run team, or you don't win championships as a power run team, is what came out of you know Frank Reich's mouth. So, if he's saying things like that. You know, you don't necessarily think you're going to go into the season running Jonathan Taylor 300 times. So, you know, with that being the case, I think, you know, you're going to see this team throw the ball a little bit more. They have a better quarterback in Matt Ryan, more veteran quarterback um, that's not as prone to mistakes as Carson Wentz is, which should help out Michael Pittman. Um, I have Michael Pittman at number 11. So, you know, to me. This guy's a guy that could literally be your wide receiver one if you start off RBRB uh, because you, he usually goes in somewhere in that third round, maybe even the fourth. I just got him at the back end of the fourth round in the draft the, in my draft the other day. Um, you know, to me, that's great value. And if you're like I said, if you're starting off with, you know, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones and you come back around and grab Michael Pittman, I think you're set. Yep, I agree. Um, you know, really like Michael Pittman. He's my he's just outside my wide receiver ones uh, at wide receiver, I believe, 13, somewhere around there. But he, you know, he's really – he showed last year to me that he can be a wide receiver one, you know, a, a guy that demanded – more targets than basically everybody on the team. And, and I know, you know, there was injuries on the Colts last year, you know, Paris Campbell and, you know, just guys going down that kind of made him be the guy. But when, in my opinion, you, when your team makes you the guy, right, and they say, okay, you are not wide receiver one, let's see what you can do. And you put up the numbers this dude did last year with, you know, Carson Wentz throwing him the ball, which I don't think Carson Wentz is the greatest quarterback in in, in the history of the league. He just did it. And I mean, he, he, he played well. He had huge yard games, yardage games. You know, in one of my leagues, I, you know, I, I was, I gave up on Michael Pittman very quickly because, I, you know, I loved Michael Pittman coming out of college, but he just was pissing me off. And I was just like, dude, this guy is like, he he could be so good, but they're just not giving him the target, and it just pissed me off. And of course, week two he gets eleven targets and one hundred and twenty three yards, and proves me wrong. <laughs> so, you know, definitely a guy I like a lot, and you know, I think he could be more touchdowns than he scored last year, which he only scored six. And if he gets into that, you know, hundred catch range, ninety five to one hundred catches this year, which actually, which I could easily see happening because I think he's going to be a you know, right around 140 targets, 150 targets this year, you know, which is a 20, what, 26 target increase from last year. I think it could be very good. So I like, I like him. Honestly, touchdowns is the only thing that does worry me with Michael Pittman, simply because Matt Ryan's forte over his career has been to target a guy the whole way down the field and then not throw him the ball in the end zone. <laughs> Julio well, Jones did not score touchdowns. That was his biggest issue his whole career. Yeah, I don't think he gets the Julio. That's the thing. I don't think he gets the Julio Jones treatment. Probably not where he's got like two, three guys on him in the, the Reds. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. Like when you looked at what, um, uh, what's his name? Calvin Ridley did even without Julio. Calvin Ridley was a, was a high touchdown guy, you know, without Julio. So, you know, people don't teams don't treat guys the way they treat Julio. And I mean, Julio is and every team knows it one of the greatest wide receivers in NFL history and he was treated as such in the red zone. They gave him I sometimes I thought it was a little ridiculous watching the tape. He was literally like they wouldn't even let him get off the line of scrimmage. There would be like two guys, it was almost like a punt block. It was literally why, like watching guys punt blocking. Two guys standing in front of Julio, and, and just like, yeah, you're not, you're not gonna get this ball, bro. <laughs> like you might as well just throw it somewhere else. Yep. So next up on the list is number twelve, and we are now into wide receiver one ter- territory based on off of ADP, and that is T Higgins. Uh, I probably have T Higgins a little lower. Uh, I still like T Higgins. I just like the other players a little better, but you know, in this offense, you know, it's going to be, they've improved the line. 
which was the biggest issue last year, was you know Joe Burrow getting pressure. Um, Joe Burrow now has a year under his belt, a Super Bowl you know appearance year, so that should boost his ego even more than it already was because you know he had an ego coming out of college the way he did. But you know this team, their offense could be unbelievable they you know we talked yesterday about the vikings two years ago where they had an r you know the number two wide running back and two top 10 wide receivers and a you know a number one quarterback or a qb1 and this offense ain't no different you know what i mean we're gonna see an offense out there probably with you know almost definitely with two top 15 wide receivers joe mixon's going to be a top eight running back probably when it's all said and done he's just that consistent Joe Burrow's probably going to be a top 10 quarterback and you know as long as they all stay healthy this offense is going to be unbelievable that being said when it comes to T Higgins um I think that you're going to see a major major like increase or step forward from Jamar Chase this year he had a wide receiver one breakout or a year one breakout, and usually the year two is when they break out. Look at what Justin Jefferson did his rookie year compared to last year. I think you're going to see something similar to Jamar Chase. His targets are going to go up a little bit more. They're going to get him the ball. It's not just going to be 50 yard touchdowns, and I think that's what's going to have T. Higgins struggle. I don't want to say struggle because he's not going to struggle, but he's still. I, th- I don't think it's going to cause him to finish as a wide receiver one. I think he's probably going to be around 15 for me. Uh, yeah, he's not a wide receiver one for me either. I, you know, I just, I like what he brings to this team. I like that, you know, and last year, if you guys remember, I loved him. I, you know, I thought he was a clear number wide receiver too, but I wasn't putting him in my wide receiver ones. And again, this year, I, I, I still feel, feel like I love him. I just feel like the fantasy industry is pushing him up to a point where I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to get him because, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, not only is he a top 10 guy, he's he's a, he's a top seven guy. You know what I mean, he's like the seventh wide receiver off the board, which is just too high for me. You know what I mean, last year, if you look at his numbers, he only had four t- games last season with double-digit targets. I don't think that changes, you know, this year. Uh, if anything, I think that he's, you know, I, I could definitely see his targets being more consistent. A more consistent basis be in the seven eight range because if you look at his numbers he had you know a five target game he had a three target game he had another he had another three target game he had another five target game like those are low targets for a guy that you're expecting to be a number one wide receiver so you know and then he had you know four like i said double digit target games and then the other ones are like six or seven i mean i think to be a wide receiver one in fantasy football you should bank on at least eight targets a game uh so i could see him possibly getting to that but i just don't see i don't see that jamar chase in year two is going to be a lot worse and i don't think he scores a bunch of 50 yard touchdowns like he did last year so i think he's going to be more consistently used you know as a more targeted receiver so if you have a, a guy on the opposite side of the field, you as you as good as Chase, you know I just don't think T. Higgins is going to have more targets than him. And I know he was out targeting him towards the end of the season, but I think that was more you know situational. They were trying to it, by the end of the season they saw how good Chase was and they were doubling him, like they were trying to make take Chase away. And really, at the end of the season last year is what is fresh in everybody's mind. And T. Higgins finished. You know, the number two wide receiver on the week, the number four in week 12, the number four wide receiver on the week in week 13, and the number one wide receiver in week 16. So those games are very fresh in people's minds because those games win you championships. I mean, if you had them in week 16, you won your league. So, uh, you know, I like T. Higgins, but not as much as everybody else this year. Yeah, and if memory serves me correctly, he didn't have the greatest Super Bowl stat line either. Um, I can't really remember I didn't remember the playoffs, but I know Chase really had a huge playoff, and he, you know everybody remembers Chase in the Super Bowl, you know, against Ramsey. No, that was that was Higgins who caught that touchdown against Ramsey. 
Yeah, it was. There was a deep one for Jamar Chase. It may not have been a touchdown, but yeah, it, it wasn't was a deep ball. But um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously we're both lower on on than consensus on on T Higgins, but and know, still a guy, still a guy will probably you know perform well for you just you know outside of wide receiver one where he's being drafted. Yep. Number eleven is Keenan Allen, uh, ultra consistent. You know, a guy that you know is going to get 130 targets, you know, pretty much in that area and has one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, best young quarterbacks in the NFL throwing the ball. You know, the thing with Keenan Allen is he's not getting any younger, so he's definitely creeping up there in age. Like we said with Mike Williams, it started seeing like last year it was a little bit of a change in the guard and a wide receiver one between this team. Um you know, where do you have Keenan Allen ranked uh, after last season where he, I think last year he finished his wide receiver 15 in PPR? Yeah, I, you know, I'm still going to keep Mike. I mean, I'm Keenan in. I So I have him. I think I have him right at 12. He's my last wide receiver one. It's exactly where I have him. Yeah. And it's just because so. The dude is just still so consistently like a double-digit target guy every week. And if he doesn't get double digits, it's like seven. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a guy that gets, like, one target in a game. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a guy that last year ever had three targets in a game. The least amount of targets he had in a game was one time he had five targets. Every other time was, like, five, eight, nine plus. You know what I mean? So... He just gets too many targets, I think, to – I don't want to say fail. You know what I mean? Because he gets too many targets to project him outside the top 12, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, and on a down year last year, the dude still had five games of 100 yards. He still had, you know, probably another four or, you know, four or five games of 75-plus yards. And then, you know, he threw in some some low yardage games, you know, a 36 and a 35. and a, But basically, like, five for 50, he's almost like – do you remember that tear that Antonio Brown went on where he had, like, I don't know, it was like 35 games or something. It was a, yeah. it was a with five-plus – Yeah. You know what I mean? Five-plus catches. Five, yeah. Yeah, it was like five-plus catches and 50 yards 50 at least. yards, yeah. In, uh, in every game for, like, 40 – games or 35 games or something crazy keenan allen is basically in my opinion that you know what i mean he's going to get you 10 fantasy points every single week you know what i mean on that rare occasion he gets you under fantasy points he might do it 10 might be like one time in a season and that was literally what he did last year it was one time that he got you under double digit fantasy points so you know it's just the super safe you know he's getting a million targets and i'm cool with it yep um I think, I, like like I said, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of a change of the guard. So, you know, I he's st- I think they're basically going to be targeted similar amount. I don't think it's going to be like one player is going to get out, uh, just out-target the other, you know, by a lot. I think they're going to be right around the same amount of targets. And he's being drafted as 11. We both said we have him at 12, so we're not, you know, crazy low on him or anything like that. Uh, we do just have him sandwiched kind of, you know, Brought him down a little bit and probably I know I have Mike Williams a little higher than when he's being drafted. So, you know, ultimately it's, you know, basically we are wearing the same as consensus when it when it comes down to it. Number 10 is Mike Evans. So this one could this one is a little tricky for me. Um I think it depends on your scoring system for, you know, I think Mike Evans is a lot higher in like standard format, which standard format seems like it's starting to kind of go away a little bit more. A lot more leagues now are using half PPR or full PPR, which doesn't bode well for, for Evans as much in fantasy football. You know, if you're playing in standard Evans might be, you know, a top seven wide receiver, but you look at, you know, PPR He's probably down around, you know, 12 to 13, somewhere around there, because he's just he's going to get the touchdowns. He's just not going to see the volume. You know, the volume is going to go to Chris Godwin. But when you get into the red zone, you know, Mike Evans is that big receiver that Tom Brady loves uh, to get the ball to. Um, The one thing I do like about Evans this year is 
believe it or not, his red zone production could increase because they have no more Gronk. So without Gronk, that, you know, another red zone target that Tom Brady loves, they get down in there. They could be looking for Mike Evans, you know, he could see upward of 15 to 16 touchdowns this year. And, you know, a guy like that is going to be ultra useful in fantasy, regardless of the scoring system. That being said, he's still going to be much more, much more prevalent in standard scoring than he is in PPR scoring. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Mike Evans just, uh, he has been in every year of his career. He has had a thousand yard season, right? And I feel like the last two seasons have been like Tom Brady just he just it, so he, yeah. he knows it, so he's like they come into that last game and they're like all right you need ninety yards or we're gonna get you ninety one yeah <laughs> like he you know he is such a he is such a uh, mind fuck for me because like he'll have games. Uh, you know, especially against the Saints, where he just fucking does nothing. Oh, Marshawn Lattimore just has him locks on. him <laughs> down. My man and cannot do. Knows it. Yeah, it's like so clear, it's so known, so out there that you know, yeah. you can barely not even start Mike Evans against the Saints for real. Like you might as well. Like I'm, I'm serious. Like if he plays the Saints, just don't fucking play him. Just sit him. Just bench him. Right? Like. But he's so fucking weird with his fantasy points, bro. Like, he's a guy that can finish, you know, wide receiver. So last year, his best three finishes was wide receiver three on the week, wide receiver five on the week, and then wide receiver six on the week. But then, like, fucking the dude gets these number, you know, wide receiver 79 on the week, wide receiver 93 on the week, wide receiver 107 on the week. Like, Amari Cooper vibes. Yeah. Like, he has, like, these fucking games where you're just like, bro, like, what the fuck? Like, what were you doing? You know what I mean? He didn't do shit. Like, he had, like, five games of less than five fan, or four games of less than five fantasy points, and he just got our five fantasy points, and just got over five fantasy points in the other game. Like, and then he gets you these fucking 34-week games, like, 34-point week games. He's just a, a mind fuck for me, and I just, I, as much as I like Mike Evans as a player, I don't like guys that are just so fucking, you know, yeah, inconsistent. I want like ten, give me ten fantasy points, bro. If I'm getting you as a wide receiver one, I want at least fantasy ten fantasy points every single week, no matter what. And he's just like not that. So, you know, definitely a guy that I could see falling outside the top twelve, and I have him ranked that way. But you know, Brady knows that he has that thousand yard record, and you know, he seems to be like Kev said, going to be used more in the red zone. So I could see him finish inside the top twelve. I just don't have him ranked that way because I don't want to draft him that way. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that could help him is that early in the season he could get off to a a great start, you know, if they ease Chris Godwin back into it, things. But, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm like <sighs> he's probably right around that number 10 to 12 area for me as well. Uh, so next up we have number nine is A.J. Brown. So, Steve, what do you think about A.J. Brown going to – you know, uh, he's with a quarterback now, and I know he had Tannehill, and Tannehill's not the greatest, but everybody has kind of criticized Jalen Hurts' throwing ability, especially after that Tampa Bay playoff game. Uh, do you think that A.J. Brown keeps similar production with, you know, Jalen Hurts as his quarterback? I think Jalen Brown is the wide receiver that the Eagles needed. And do I think that leads to huge production? I don't know if it's going to lead to huge production. I'm going to rank him as if that's going to lead to huge production because you brought him over, you paid him the money. You know, the Eagles, the Eagles did something that not very many teams do last year, right? They realized that AJ Brown, or, you know, obviously AJ Brown wasn't on the team, but they realized that, you know, it was like right, and you saw it. You right in the middle of you know whatever their week six game. You know, they started running the ball a lot, 
And when they did that, it started to work. And they decided, you know what, we're going to go from one of the past heaviest offense in football to one of the most run heavy, you know, the most run heavy running game in football, which you don't see very often in the league. Most teams, if you're a passing team, you know, coaches kind of just stick with that. You know what I mean? Like, this is my philosophy. We're going to throw the shit out of the ball a bunch of times. And that's it. Like, there's not really, you know, that's they're not going to change their philosophy, especially, you know, in the middle of the season. You you, you see changes of philosophy in the off season because, you know, they start, you know, they're practicing and they're doing what they got to do to try to figure it out. And, you know, they say, okay, you know, this, the passing game is starting to work. We're going to get away from the running game. Uh, because, you know, maybe we have the weapons or maybe, you know, it works better with my philosophy of offense or whatever the case may be. But with, when the Eagles decided that they were going to be a run-heavy team, they fucking went full-fledged run-heavy as shit and stopped throwing the ball so much. So, in my opinion, I don't think that happens with A.J. Brown on the team. I think they brought him here because they want to be a more pass-heavy offense. They want to throw the ball more. And if the team wants to throw the ball more and, you know, you bring a guy over in A.J. Brown that, in my opinion, has, you know, wide receiver one total upside, you know, for the season. Like, he is that good. I The dude with the ball in his hands is just stupid. Like, he can make a guy miss. He can stiff arm the shit out of you and take it 70 the problem with AJ is he misses games every year. If this dude plays all 17, right? And he shows what he has shown in past years with a consistent heavy target load, which is what I think he's going to get. I think they brought him here to be a tw- 10 to 12 or um, excuse me, an 8 to 12 target guy on a weekly basis. I think they are going to consistently get that to him. And if that happens, he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver without a problem. And I just I just think that the Eagles brought him here to be a heavily targeted alpha wide receiver one. And I think this is the year they show it. All right. Number eight, C.D. Lamb. So I'm ultra high on C.D. this year. I have him as my number three wide receiver. I think that this is the year that they're, that CD goes off. He doesn't have anybody in his way to take targets from him. Um, this offense has been more of a spread it out type of, of offense, which, you know, seems to scare a lot of people. But I think it's time to change that. <laughs> I think they're going to be like, Michael Gallup's coming off an ACL. They got a lot of young wide receivers, Jalen Tolbert, um, you know, they have nobody with the kind of rapport or kind of, you know, level of C.D. Lamb's play um, outside of maybe Dalton Schultz, you know, as, as a, as a, a uh, you know, check down option, which, you know, Dak will, will use him a lot. I think Dalton Schultz is going to be very good as well. That being said, I think CD could see upward of 170 targets this year. I don't know how good the Cowboys are going to be. I mean, to me, like, yeah, they were good last year. Losing Amari Cooper, the line seems like it's starting to fall apart. You have Tyron Smith now out. Um, you know, so I don't know how good the running game is going to be with, you know, that that was the thing, like, when Z came in. Like, their line was extremely good, one of the best in the NFL. They've lost some of those pieces. Lyle Collins goes away. Tyron Smith is hurt every year. So, you know, with that being the case, I mean, the run game, especially with Zeke getting older, you're hearing about him breaking down. If the run game's not good and this team has to throw the ball a lot and they don't have the type of weapons that, you know – are needed for an offense to be like a, a heavily passing offense. They're going to lead on this one, this one wide receiver that they drafted in the first round and, you know, has all the, all the skills to be a dominant number one wide receiver. His route running is very crisp. The one thing that CD Lamb must improve on is not dropping the ball as much. He has had issues with drops here and there, but I just think CD Lamb's going to be through the roof this year. I think Dak Prescott is going to feed him the ball a ton. 
And I'm looking for a wide receiver three breakout in CD Lamb. Like I said, he's my wide receiver three. Yep. I like CD Lamb. Um the only issue I have with CD is Dak has never had a wide receiver go for more than eight touchdowns because he just he just spreads the ball around so much. And I do think that CD may be more of a focal point. But when we had those two years where Amari Cooper was – well, one year I think it was. When Amari Cooper was basically the guy, you know, Dez was out and Amari Cooper was the number one and there wasn't – you know, we heard the same thing that year. You know, Amari Cooper's going to get a million targets. He's going to be the number one target, blah, blah, blah. And it just – didn't happen because he didn't score more than eight touchdowns and he is Amari Cooper. You know, one week he has a donut and the next week he has 80 million points. Like he's just, that's just always going to be Amari Cooper. Um, so I am worried about the total touchdowns that CD lamb gets uh, for me, which makes me not put him in my top five. Um, but I have him right outside of that. And I think, I do think, his target volume could be very high. It's just the touchdowns that I worry about. And to be a number one wide receiver in fantasy football, it is very rare to finish number one overall or, you know, in the top three and not have double digit touchdowns. Yep. All right. So number seven is Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek is another guy, you know, I, th- I have him at number oh, Tyreek. I have him at number six. So I have him one spot higher. Um, you know, like I said, this guy is roasting people in these joint practices. Um, you know, he's still one of the most electric players, probably the most electric player in the NFL. He's, his speed is un, unmatched. And the only thing that you can really argue is his, his downgraded quarterback. He's going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua to Tua. And... You know, with that drop, I mean, you've seen him drop basically four spots. I mean, usually he's like the number three wide receiver off the board. Um, I, I totally agree with what Steve said earlier. Like, I think that if you watch what he did last year with the Chiefs, he wasn't like the downfield threat that everybody's used to seeing. They were getting the ball a lot closer to the line of scrimmage and kind of letting him make plays. And I think that's how I think Miami saw that. That's how they're going to they're going to use him. Tua does not get the ball downfield. He's probably, you know, going to see the ball more uh, in his arms, in his hands as a playmaker, where he's able to do things after getting the ball, you know, five yards, five yards downfield, and you know, let him try to escape or let him try to make a play, um, which, in turn, I think is going to increase, you know, his potential, you know, catches. Um, I think you're, you know, usually you're seeing Tyreek around 70 catches in his good years. You know, he could see 80, 80 to 90 catches this year if they're going to give him the ball closer to the line of scrimmage. And I think that's that's only going to benefit him because you put the ball in the guy's hands. You know, he's going to make plays. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think people forget this was 111 tar- or 155 target receiver last year with 111 catches. Like, I could see that number going up this year in catches because I just feel like Tua is a guy that wants to dink and dunk and get the ball out of his hands quickly, and I think he realizes that Tyreek Hill is really the best wide receiver in, let's be honest, he's he's the best wide receiver in fantasy football when it comes to when the ball is in his hands. There is no guy better than Tyreek Hill when he has the ball in his hands. So Tua is going to realize that, who is going to say, you know what, if we're going to win games, I need to get this ball in his hands and let him do what he does. So in my opinion, you know, I think people are sleeping on Tyreek. I, I mean, like a lot of rankers are putting him seven, eight, nine at the position. They're taking a lot of guys over him. And I just think that's a fucking mistake. I think you're, I think if you don't have him in your, you know, top, at least top five, you're making a fucking mistake. And to me, he's my wide receiver too. You know, I have him at wide receiver too because I just think with the ball in his hands, there's no wide receiver that you can look at on a consistent basis and say he's going to finish wide receiver one or two in at least five or six weeks because he does it every year because he has those huge blow up weeks and he never he doesn't have those fucking 
you know, one point weeks where he doesn't get you shit. He always gets you at least five, six, seven, eight points. And then he has those 48 point weeks. Those, you know what I mean? Those huge blow ups. So, you know, a guy who's going to get you basically really almost consistently double digit points with those huge blow up weeks and a couple of duds every season. So, you know, to me, Tyreek is, you know, a top three real life NFL football, you know, football wide receiver and, I, I I like I like the guy. I just think he's more talented than people get him credit for. All right, so number six is Debo Samuel. Um, I'd have Debo a little bit lower than this, uh, mainly because like I just and I know his wide receiver production was very good last year. You know, he had over fourteen hundred yards receiving. You know, but the guy was just breaking off long touchdown runs. Like it was like. I think there was like I think he had more twenty yard touchdowns than like Zeke and like two other players combined in the last three years. Like that's the kind of stat like he was ridiculously efficient last year. And I just don't think that's gonna be it's it's gonna be almost impossible to maintain that uh this year. You know, it's not something that happens uh, happens frequently. Um so for me, you know, we already talked about how he wants to, he doesn't want to run the ball as much. Obviously they gave him his money. Now he's happy. He's going to still be used in the run game a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be as much, as much as last year. I think they're going to reduce that. Uh, you know, I know there's a contract stipulation where, you know, for his rushing and all that. So I don't think that, but I don't think that's going to play. Like I, I, I do think since they gave him this money, they're going to want to keep him healthy. And putting him at running back is going to jeopardize that because obviously running backs get hurt more than wide receivers. So to me, I think it's just I think less rushing is going to minimize his production a little bit, and I think it's going to drop him down. I have him at wide at wide receivers uh, eight. Yeah, I like Debo. I just you know I just don't. I do not. I have a very I have a very strict rule that I follow, I follow in fantasy football, and it's never take guys after their in, yep after their career years. And I do think that was it's some for some wide receivers. It's very hard to figure out, like Devontae Adams. Like Devontae Adams on a consistent basis is putting up wide receiver one fantasy football numbers right every year. But when I see an outlier, when I see a, when I see a, a thing that is like, holy shit, he scored a lot of points. I feel like that's probably the most he's ever going to score. When I see that kind of numbers, you know, like Matt Ryan's, you know, MVP year. The next year, I was telling everybody, don't fucking do it. Do not take okay. Matt Ryan, right? And then I feel the same way about Debo. You know what I mean? I just I feel like last year was his career year, and that you know, like that Brandon Lloyd type shit where. This fucking Brandon Lloyd came out of literally was not drafted in fantasy football, ended the number two fantasy football wide receiver that year. Like, I, I feel that way about Debo. Do I think Debo is going to be very good? Yes, I think Debo is going to be very good. You know, I think he could definitely finish in the top 12 and, you know, all that. But I just don't see this huge upside that everybody else sees. And for that reason, I don't have him, you know, as high as everybody else. <clears throat> So now we're in the top five. Um, I think we can kind of go through these top five pretty quick because basically they're interchangeable based on, you know, where you have guys, most of them at least. Um, Number five is Stefan Diggs. That's where I have him. I have him right at number five. Um, You know, to me, this dude is just ultra consistent. He's got one of the best quarterbacks in the game. You know, like Steve said yesterday, he was one of, what was it, one of the, uh, four, three or four players that didn't finish outside the what the top. Yeah, d- didn't finish uh outside the top fifty all season long. Yeah, like I mean, the dude just he's going to get targets. It's a high passing volume offense. We've seen what they look like in the preseason. They look phenomenal, and he wasn't even involved that much in the preseason. Um, you know, I, Stephon Diggs to me is easily a top five wide receiver. And, you know, you can bet on it because he just, I mean, he's shown it the last couple of years since being in Buffalo last year, you know, 
last year was a little bit of a down year because obviously I, I say down year based on just because of where he was drafted. I mean, people were looking at him possibly being number, you know, the wide receiver one. And, you know, I, you know, he wasn't getting, I don't think he got like the touchdowns last year, which kind of hurt in that area. Mm-hmm. But, you know, ultimately, you know, the dude is in a, is in the perfect offense and he's the wide receiver one for one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Yep. He's the top four wide receiver for me. And I don't really have to say much more. He, uh, is the most consistent, the mostly, the most consistent targeted player on one of the best offenses in football with quite possibly the best quarterback in fantasy football. So enough said. Number four, Devontae Adams. Uh, to me, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in fo- in football, period. Um, you know, his route running, his ability to go up and get the ball, his ability to stretch the field. He literally does everything as a wide receiver that we asked for. He's been the number one wide receiver drafted every year for like the last three years. Um, that was with Aaron Rodgers' as quarterback. You know, now he's getting Derek Carr. They do have a rapport from college, so that's a good thing, but... That's why you're, you know, seeing him, you know, drop from out of that number one spot being drafted down to like number five, uh, because, you know, ultimately, you know, people just aren't as confident in Derek Carr as they are in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, But that being said, he's still Devontae Adams. He's still going to be, you know, getting a ton of targets. I'm sure Josh McDaniels didn't bring him in to, you know, just let him rot away in, in Las Vegas and, you know, I actually think Derek Carr is a lot better quarterback than what people give him credit for. You know, he's his biggest issue has kind of been like his red zone efficiency. But Devontae Adams might be the best red zone wide receiver we've ever seen <laughs> or like he's up there. So, you know, that should help Derek Carr in that area. And, you know, I, I just think Devontae Adams is super safe. And, you know, he's still going to give you, you know, top five production. Yep, I agree. I don't really have too much to add to that. You know, the dude is just ridiculous. And I think I think Derek Carr gets a very bad rap and is actually a very good fantasy quarterback, a very good quarterback, period. You know what I mean? And the reason guys – the one thing I will say is the reason that guys play for Derek Carr is all you have to do is listening to this man when he talks on interviews, Right. Very rarely when you listen to Derek Carr speak after a game or, you know, in a press conference, he's always talking up his guys. He is always like, you know, when they win, he doesn't take the credit. He doesn't take the praise. He's always like, okay, this dude has been working hard at practice. You know, he the reason I had such a good game is because of X, Y and Z player. He does it all the time. Guys love to play for him. And that's why him and Devontae Adams are best friends. Right, they're best friends, and I just think he's going to be. You know, we saw what happened when Stefan Diggs and you know Josh Allen got together. You know, what I mean, they were not best friends before, but you heard it all camp long. And I was telling you guys this, you know, two years ago when he was the number whatever two wide receiver in fantasy football. I told you, like, when guys actually like each other and they have a good rapport, fantasy points come. And I feel that way with Devontae Adams. Number three, Jamar Chase. How do you feel about Jamar Chase? I do not have him there. I have him lower than this, and it's just because – okay, so to become what he became last year, right, he was super consistent. I'll give him that all you know, all year long. He was very, very consistent. You know, He only had really like three bad games, I think it was. Um, but regardless to that fact, like this dude had so many – so many games where like he, I think he had six. I think he uh, tied the league. Was it a uh, record with six touchdowns of 50 plus yards or something like that in a season? I, I you know, I, he can definitely still do that. He's going to do that, but I don't see six of that. I don't see six of that. I mean, he had two, he had two, 200 yard games last year. I mean, like it's just insane. I, I like the guy. I think he's going to be very, very good. But wide receiver three is a little high for me. Yep, I have a wide receiver four, but I, I I think he could finish. Honestly, he's he would be the one that I honestly could think could finish number one. Um, I think he can take that kind of leap. 
you know, a lot of people look at, you know, they look at the 50 yard touchdowns or 60 yard touchdowns. They say like, nobody does this except like Randy Moss. Well, there ain't too many wide receivers that came into the NFL with a pedigree or with the, the type of, you know, level of, of expectation is what Jamar Chase has, except maybe Randy Moss. Like, I just think the dude is that freaking good. Like, he's all world. He was breaking records at LSU. And he's with his quarterback from LSU. They, they have that kind of rapport. You just talked about how, like, you know, when, when quarterbacks and wide receivers seem to have that kind of, you know, area where they get along. I mean, these two, these two, their dads are hanging out in the stands with each other. Like, they just – I just think that they have that kind of rapport, and I think you're going to see Jamar Chase really break out. To me, I think Jamar Chase, above Justin Jefferson, has more upside to finish as a number one wide receiver this year. Um, the only th- reason why I wouldn't rank it that high is because of what Steve said. There is that that possibility for, t- for regression in that area. But I, the possibility to me doesn't mean it's going to be a fact. I just think that this dude is that fucking good. He's – he has that like he came into the NFL with this type of expectation and he lived up to it his first year. And you look at what Justin Jefferson did in his first year and everybody was like, Oh, well, you know, it's his second year. Can he do it again? And guess what? He outdid his, his first year. And I just think that Jamar chase could do the exact same thing. I, I, he's just that good. That offense in LSU was that good. And they broke records for that reason. So to me, Jamar chase is, I, I, I like I said, I I am ultra high on Jamar Chase going forward. I think Jamar Chase could be the wide receiver we're drafting number one overall for like the next five years, like just consistently overall. Yep, I could definitely see it. He is a Randy Moss type talent. Yep. Uh, number two is Justin Jefferson. Um, to me, Justin Jefferson is number two. Uh, that's where I have him ranked. The issue, like I said yesterday, a lot of people are ranking him number one or think that he could surpass Cooper Cup this year. He's getting that role in a Cooper Cup type, Cooper Cup type of offense. And, you know, they uh, think he's going to get force-fed that volume. Like I said yesterday, the thing that kills me with Jefferson over Cup is that when you get into the red zone, Kirk Cousins looks for Adam Thielen as his dominant red zone target. That is not the case in the, with the Rams. The Rams look for Cooper Cup as their number one red zone target. And in order to for Justin Jefferson to surpass Cooper Cup, he's going to have to be more of a red zone option than what Adam Thielen has been for the last few years. If he surpasses Adam Thielen in that area, then yes, I could see Cooper I could see him surpassing Cooper Cup, but Kirk Cousins just has that kind of rapport with Adam Thielen. I don't think it's going to happen. So for me, I still have Cooper Cup number 1 and Jefferson number two. And I don't, like I said, I don't think he passes Cooper Cup until we see him become more of a dominant red zone target um, for the Vikings. Yep. I don't have too much more to add. I think he's a very good wide receiver. He's not my, he's not in my one or two. He's actually my number three, but uh, you know, ridiculous talent. And like you said, Adam Thielen is the touchdown scorer on this team. Uh, just on a more consistent basis than Justin Jefferson, which is why I have him at three instead of number one or two. And number one, Cooper Cup. I think we both have Cup number one. We got like like I said yesterday, Cooper Cup could literally lose ten receptions, one hundred twenty yards, one hundred fifty yards, and four touchdowns, and he would still be the number one wide receiver in scoring based off of last year. Like he outscored number two by one hundred and five fantasy points in PPR. The dude was just historic. He's going to regress this year. He's not going to be as good as he was last year, probably. Guess what? Like I said, he could lose an incredible amount of those stats and still be the number one wide receiver. And I think I don't think much changes. Like, barring health, Cooper Cup is going to be, you know, the guy that we see uh, finish number one again this year because you just look like same thing. Matthew Stafford, what we heard, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup are eating lunch together or eating breakfast together. Next thing you know, boom, this is what happens. Like, you know, uh, Cooper Cup to me is is 100% number one receiver. Yep. I don't see 189 targets on the season, but I see 170, 165. And that's good enough to be the number one guy, especially as, as targeted as he is in the red zone. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that also I think people don't realize – has that 
catch it, catch a five yard hitch and take it 60 to the house. Like he, mm -hmm. he he's done that on a consistent basis in his career. And, you know, uh, for me, I, that's why I have him as my, you know, wide receiver one. And, and I think a lot of people forget he missed week 11. Like yeah. he, he could have been even better had he not missed week 11. So. And he's not even just like, you know, most people see him as just a little slot receiver, but this dude is all over the place. He's running 15 to 20 yard crossing routes. He's running deep patterns. Like you've seen the, the Tampa Bay game. Like he gets down the field and beats two guys and you know, he's, he's, he's catching the ball down the field. Like he does it all as a receiver. He just, he's, you know, he's not just a slot guy. He plays out of the slot, but he runs all, all types of routes. And, and you know, the guy's just, he's phenomenal. Um, nothing more to say. He's just one of the smartest wide receivers in, in fantasy football. Like when you talk to the guy, he sees things that other wide receivers don't, which is why he's so good. Like just listen to his post game talks. He, like he'll tell you a play that happened, and he said, "Oh yeah, you know the safety moved this way," or you know he he'll, you know oh yeah they you know they tried to to you know stop the bubble screen, or you know he he just sees things that other wide receivers don't, and that's why Matthew Stafford gets him the ball where he gets him the ball because he knows you know Cooper Cup knows where to go to get open. All right. So there you have it, guys. Uh, we'll be back coming up in, you know, I guess the next couple of days, you know, one day next week, whatever it may be. Steve and I will get on that schedule with quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, we'll get into like what the top 15 quarterbacks, top 15 tight ends. Um, yep. And, you know, we'll take it from there. Um, I know this is big draft weekend. So hopefully you guys are prepared and have done some research and are ready to go. Um and, you know, if not, we'll be here to continually get you ready for your drafts and then take you through the season. So until next time, peace out, guys. Peace out, family.